You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. Everybody and welcome to the Paranormal Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Thomas. Thank you all for being here and being a part of what we're doing. Remember, if you have a, experiences of your very own and you'd like to talk about them, you can always email me at paranormalportalradio at gmail.com. I'd love to get in touch with you and have you as a guest on the show as well. But uh, remember also, check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash paranormalportal. Check out a whole host of videos and live interviews and and live shows that we've done over there. In fact, we have over 900 of them there, so definitely worth a look. But, ladies and gentlemen, I've got a great show lined up for you guys tonight. We're welcoming Teresa and Jeff Yellick of Sasquatch Investigations of the Rockies, and uh, we're going to have a great discussion about the Bigfoot, all the incredible research they've done and what they've seen. So, hope you guys are ready. This one's going to be a wild ride. Hey, Teresa and Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Glad oh, to be here. Thank you, guys. I mean, it's it's a great pleasure to have you guys on the show. Um, I, I think what you guys are doing is incredible. Uh, some of the things you've captured, I think, are are just... Be, I, I'm just floored by some of the some of the material you guys have pulled up and, and the things you've captured. So I really appreciate you taking the time to be here. But I guess, as with most stories... Most people wonder, where did it all begin for you? How did you get into this Bigfoot stuff? Well, I'll tell my story first. I kind of got into it before the, before the wife did. I, I was kind of a nut for into UFOs and stuff when I was a kid, and I kept getting that UFO magazine. You know, we'd go down to the store, and I'd grab a UFO magazine, and I started reading stories in the UFO magazine about Sasquatch is being seen after UFO encounters and stuff. And that kind of got me, got me intrigued. And then in, uh, it was, uh, it was 1972. I think the legend of Boggy Creek came out and I had, uh, went to go see that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then in 76, the mysterious monster, 75, the mysterious monsters came out and I went and seen that and, Still got the book. I got the little book that came with the oh nice the the movie that uh-huh. we bought there, and that just kind of really had me intrigued. I hadn't had really any encounters, and nothing really pointed me in a direction on how to look for them, where to go. And I was just a kid at the time, so yeah. <laughs> I wasn't too too in, involved into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, growing up here in Colorado. And uh, my wife grew up in in Maryland, mm-hmm. and she didn't really have any mountains or in, encounters there, even though there are 
our Sasquatch is probably around there. She didn't have any encounters too young there mm-hmm. herself. But um, my first big encounter uh, happened when I was 14. And we were, me and a friend of mine, Russ, were up at a lake up here in the high high mountains up here in Larimer County, fishing. And uh, we did night fishing. Our parents kind of dropped us off at a lake, and we went and uh, stayed all night. Wow. Fishing at the lake. and. We just had like a little two stick fire going, you know, just a little tiny campfire to keep a little bit of light going. Uh-huh. And we were fishing and it was about one o'clock and, uh, we had, uh, little rocks come bouncing on the rocks behind us. And, uh, me and my friend thought, oh, wow, it's probably just chipmunks, you know, so we're throwing <laughs> rocks in that direction, you know, then the, the sound stopped and the rocks, you know, stopped, you know, kind of pelting around the boulder field we were sitting in around us. Mm-hmm. And then about 30, it happened again. Something started coming back and throwing these little rocks. And we just thought it was like chipmunks out running around. But, you know, they are they know at night that's when the predators come out. So they pretty much, you know, right. hide in their burrows uh-huh. for that. And then that's the only time that, you know, something strange happened. I really don't know quite, quite what it was. Right. And then it was back in about... 2005, um, me and a friend uh, went hiking up in the same area, and we had had my son, and he was he was only about four at the time. I think that's I think I got the right time frame there. And uh, we went up hiking above this area where we got the rocks thrown at us, and it had rained, and there wasn't anybody on the roads. Nobody was in this campground. We parked in the campground, hiked up a trail and we got to one part of this trail and you just had the feeling something was watching you. Oh. And I, this intense feeling and me and my friend automatically put my son in between us. He was kind of taking the lead. And so we had him come and get between us and we hiked through this area and didn't see nothing. We seen a moose was in the trail of, in front of us. You'd see by the muddy tracks, him sliding up this trail mm-hmm. and we, there quite a ways and it started to rain again. So we just turned around, headed back down and we got back down to the point where we thought we were being watched and there was a deer and she was a doe deer just standing right off to the side of the trail and she would not move. Wow. I mean, we walked right up near her and my son started walking towards her and she kind of backed up a little bit, but she wouldn't move. Oh. And we're like, wow, this is pretty strange. <laughs> and as we continued down the trail, there was a big branch that hung over the trail in this one area. And we had to duck down underneath the branch on the hike up. Uh-huh. And on the hike down, there was a large, about a five or four inch round carabiner with a paracord hanging in the center of this branch that was right over the center of the trail. Wow. We did not see it on the way up. It was not there. And we got to that point and me and my friend are, Hey, somebody left a carabiner up here. You know, we thought maybe somebody left it on a tree and they were hiking around us, but nobody was there. Nobody called back. And it was just all of a sudden it showed up in the middle of this branch in the middle of the trail. And that's just something kind of, kind of surprising. Not until you get into research, then you start thinking, well, maybe, Maybe that was a Sasquatch. Right. And we had a strange feeling of something being watched. And then we had a strange feeling, you know, that that was almost like given to us, you know, like a gift. Right, right. Yeah. It was just the strangest things. Yeah. That is intense. But my wife didn't really get started until about a year after I got started in, in uh, 2010. And as luck has it, uh, I'm the one that kind of got my wife interested into things, and for her first encounter, she had a had a pretty good one. I'll let her kind of fill in the story, and then I'll fill in the gaps for her. Okay, but she'll tell you about her, but what she's used to about Sasquatch, how she learned about Sasquatch. Well, how I learned about Sasquatch is my husband. Because <laughs> I never heard about it when I was younger from anybody else. Uh-huh. I didn't 
me, no one talked about it, not even my friends. So I just to hear the stories when you go out camping and, and I love the outdoors. Sure. So I got tired of him coming back and I got jealous <laughs> of all the good stories and interesting things he has happening. So I was like, oh, okay. So I'm going camping too. Good for you. <laughs> so yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I went out and started camping and I had a sighting and yeah, I joined Sir. Yeah, my sighting, we went camping. It, it was down in this valley and, uh, the whole story, my husband tells it very, very well, but I remember just looking up the hill. I mean, not at this pasture, right, you know, open space. I didn't want to look at that. I wanted to look up the hill. So we, I just was looking at the hill and then he got up to go because we got a lot of uh, knocks and interesting things that were happening around. So Jeff wanted to touch base with, with our co-founder. Uh-huh. Mike, and he got, so he got up and walked, I don't know, probably about 50 yards, not very far from me at all. And I looked up and then, yeah, I had a sighting because he was like behind the trees. The trees were so dense. It, it had to be on purpose. So he stepped out and I seen like the back of them, wow. almost the side, just, just for a little bit. And I, and he looked so groomed to me. He was just, I was like, how on earth did you just comb your hair? <laughs> but yeah. so I remember making a point, okay, his head touches the tree right, right there. So we'll see how tall he is. Mm-hmm. So so we did that. Went back up there. Jeff actually walked up there because I do have MS. Okay. And it's really infecting my legs. So I wasn't going to actually get up and run up the hill or anything. Sure. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So that's all how I got started into the Sasquatch research. We go out, we don't call them in. Sometimes we call them in, but we go camping and they actually come to us because they're curious. Right. Yeah. They've had a lot of different action. Yeah. To to kind of fill you in, this is a real learning experience for the both of us on when Teresa had her sighting. Okay. We got, um, we found this secluded little valley that you could get down into. You could drive four wheel drive down into this valley and pretty much have this whole little valley to yourself. And I'd hiked down there and found this area. And then we uh, came back a couple weeks later and we actually camped. And so we're, uh, drove down. We set up our camp right on the edge of this little valley and, and, uh, we're setting up the tent. And uh, a bear growls. I oh. hear this growling from the from this little valley above us there. And so I yell at the wife and I say, hey, make sure you know where your bear mace is. Mm-hmm. I think we got a bear. Okay. And so I get out. What I use is a wood knocker. It's just a, an LP jam block. And it makes a big, big knock. Okay. And so I crack that to scare the bear what I thought was bear off. And then all of a sudden from three different directions around us in this little Valley, I get, we got rock clacks coming back at it. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to protect the wife and I'm thinking we got a bear cause we both hear the growl. Yeah. And we, uh, we just sat down and we started rock clacking and they'd, they'd rock clack back to us. And the real, you know, you tell somebody, oh, you hear a rock clack, oh, big deal. But really, there's there's a lot to it if you listen to the rock clacks and how they're done and, and right. the time of the day. It's this group here, and, and it works with different groups. I mean, you'll have a group you do it to, and they won't do nothing back. And this group here responds. Uh-huh. And so it's different with each group, you know, what you respond to. But this group here responded with two rock clacks they'd get real quiet you wouldn't have hardly any action it's almost like get quiet two clacks quiet and so you wouldn't hear nothing okay but uh we we did the rock clock uh the wood knock and got the the rock clacks response back and so we got our chairs out we had our camp set up and we're just kind of sitting there looking up this hill where we're hearing these rock clacks there's one 
clack coming from right above us. There's one off to our right and there's one off to our far left. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I started the one up above us would rock clack. And then the one off to the right would rock clack. And the one off to the right would just hit him really hard. He'd really like clack him really hard. Okay. And so we, we started calling him hard hitter because <laughs> when he's around, he'll, he'll let you know it. Right. He, he, beats the heck out of trees and, and rock. But he started rock clack and the one above would rock clack and the sounds were getting closer together. Oh. The one on the hard hitter was trying to, was coming above us to meet the one right above us. And the rock clacks were getting close to where the last second we heard just a clack clack. And they must be so well hidden that they don't even see each other until Right that last second, they let each other know that, hey, clack, clack, hey, I'm here. Oh, okay. And uh, I said, man, this is amazing. So I, <laughs> I walked out of camp to text Mike and sent him a text. Hey, man, we got a lot of action. And uh, I come back to the to where Teresa was sitting there, and she just had her hands embedded on her on her chair, and she's just looking up the hill, and she's saying, no way, no way. <laughs> and that's when she had just seen it. And I had just missed it. Tried oh. to send out a text and missed seeing it. But I wasn't too smart. We used to try to feed them back in the day. Oh. <laughs> and I, I ran up the hill with a, some bloody liver to <laughs> try to give them as a gift. And sure. I seen the impressions where it had stepped around this tree. Mm-hmm. And it looked like they just kind of disappear. You know, they go walking straight. And then when they hit the tree, they'll follow the line of sight with you and they'll cut behind the tree mm-hmm. so that they see you and you can't see them. And that makes it look like they disappear in the thin air when they do that. Oh, it just, you know, like, you understand what I'm trying to say. They, they'll line up a tree between you and them. They'll disappear behind that tree so you can't see them running away. Right. They just keep melding backwards and backwards. And yeah. Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break, so don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. Hey, guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash paranormal dash portal and you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in so when when Teresa was sharing the story she said that you, you kind of she had kind of lined up where it was to the branch how how tall was that it was about eight foot eight foot okay wow so yeah i actually hiked back up there and uh i had her taking pictures of the spot from down below in camp and she had it marked down in her head where she seen the top of the head at. And mm-hmm. so we were able to get a good follow-up photo. Now, not of a good Sasquatch, but me standing in the spot showing how, yeah. how small I was. Yeah. That's so impressive. I mean, when you think of that and that always still boggles my mind, it's like, what is it, what is it like to just be out in the wilderness and suddenly something stops, steps out? That's like the size of, you know, what, like the Incredible Hulk. And it's built like the Incredible Hulk. And, you know, how, how small do you feel? Well, <laughs> you know, it's, you got to feel pretty small. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing. You know, I didn't, I didn't think it'd be this like it is to get 
action like it is. You know, it, it's I'm sure it's hard in some areas to get action, but it just seems like us. It just seems like we're kind of free spirits and mm-hmm. you just kind of the flow and we're not. The big thing is with Sir, we don't carry guns. You know, we don't have any weapons. We have bear mace. Sure. But we don't carry weapons. You know, we got a lot of reports. People say that, yeah, you know, if you, if you smell like gun oil, you're not going to have any experiences with Sasquatch. And oh, okay. That's different cool. stuff like this. And so we, we kind of, and we've steered away from it and, uh, we haven't really had any bad encounters. We've gotten growled at and, mm-hmm. and everything, but yeah, it's just, it's it's really an incredible f- uh, field, and I and I'm my hats are well, my hats always off to people like you guys who are out there um, doing it on your own time and your own your own dime with your own blood sweat and tears to go out and and work to research and substantiate something that's you know would would could very well redefine our our understanding of the natural world around us, and and I yeah. think I think it'll be people like you guys who. Who will come up with that final proof and go? Yep, see, and you know, I'm not a, I'm not big on the whole. Let's hunt one and put it on a, a bring a body in kind of thing. I, I think that there's there's plenty of other ways to substantiate the existence of a of a unknown uh, creature without having to put one on the slab. But um, exactly. I, I think what you guys are doing is really powerful stuff, and and many other researchers as well. Uh, I just think it's a sacrifice, but it's something that you love doing, and and that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It's really gotten us off the couch. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was a gold panner for years. So I was always, we were always, me and the wife, taking the kids up in the mountains and trying a different stream out, you know, finding that secluded portal drive road that gets you back there and to an old mine, you know, and mm-hmm. we've done that for a lot, a lot of, a lot of years and then start getting into Sasquatch and it's like, well, it's pretty much like gold panning now. It's a little bit easier to find, though. No, before the show, you 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 guys had asked me if I had any experience, and I shared shared with you guys the story of when I was growled at. Um, yeah. What I found was very interesting was that prior to knowing what behaviors are linked to these creatures, I had no idea. I mean, I was in these woods all the time, and never batted an eye at anything because it was just the woods. But once I knew what I was looking for, I went back up into those woods as an adult and suddenly it's like, oh, there's a tree break I can't explain. There's, you know, there's a weird structure there, uh, including like a, it was almost like a hut built out of broken logs. Uh, and it was really pretty profound as well. But suddenly that, that proof or that evidence or that at least potential evidence was jumping out of the woodwork at me. But before that, I'd walked around just obtuse and oblivious. Did you have that yeah. same situation when you started learning about what Sasquatch are, uh, what behaviors they're attributed to and what kind of signs they may leave? Did, did the forest change for you as well then? Yeah, it did. It, it, it makes me think back at different times when we were out in the woods and different things that happened. You know, you have that one deer that, runs by you and or different things and y'all kind of you kind of go back like well maybe that was a sasquatch that was doing that you know and you just right you don't know for sure but well so many different yeah what? that that when you explain that that situation with that that deer just standing on the trail that comes up quite a bit in people's stories that you know, they'll have that feeling like something's around, something's not right. And then a, a deer will come right into their camp and just be like, like that would normally stay way the hell away from people. Suddenly it's like they're, they're willing to hang around people instead of what else is out there. And, you know, yeah. when, when you said that deer just stayed in the trail there and <laughs> didn't, didn't move, it's like, wow, how many times have we heard those kind of stories, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, and that does does seem to happen more than usual. It seems like yeah. when we're out, when we seem to have deer that kind of hang close to camp, we always kind of joke they feel safer with us. <laughs> maybe they do. You know? Yeah, maybe they do. It's better than getting chewed and torn apart. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you guys now are with uh, SIR, uh, uh, Sasquatch Investigation of the Rockies, and you guys respond as well to people 
contacting uh, your group to uh, check on some uh, situations? Yes. Yeah, we, we do take reports, and that's where we get a lot of our information on on uh, possible different areas to, to go research at. And in the last few years, we, we've kind of slowed down, me and the wife have slowed down following up reports because we have some good areas that really pretty much take up your time. You know, if you go a week here, a week there, it kind of uses up your your summertime. And so we get, we kind of plan out how we, we go about it, but we do get a lot of great reports from a lot of uh, uh, bow hunters. Oh. Uh, they'll, they'll come in with stories and we've gotten more stories from bow hunters because of the fact that I think that when they go out and do their hunting, they descent, mm-hmm. you know, they, they'll, they'll get the elk droppings, you know, rub them on yourself, cover up your smell completely. So they're totally descended. And I think that really helps them to, for the Sasquatches, for them to get encounters with Sasquatches. I think, you know, cause they're smelling like a deer and that, you know, oh, sure. Sasquatch looking around for them. And that's how they, they have a lot of sightings. I do believe. Yeah. And it, it seems like elk hunter or uh, bow hunters, rather, they, they really do get out there. It's like, uh, gun hunters, it seems to me, and I'm no, I'm no hunter, so I'm, I'm coming at this with a very uninformed opinion, but you know, rifle hunters and stuff, they can, they can, they can cover a wide range with just the length of their, of their shots that, you know, they can cover a pretty wide area, but the bow hunters, they got to really get up and close and personal. So they're really uh, approaching these game animals, trying to get close to them so that they can make their shot. And maybe that puts them in a closer proximity to where the Bigfoot would be as well. Yeah. Yeah. I do believe that's true. Yes. Huh? Now, Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I have just, but bow hunters are, uh, and hunters in general are some of the, the better reports that we get. We've had, uh, uh, this is probably one of the best reports that I got when I wasn't even in, involved with, uh, sir, but I got a report from a guy that, uh, he said that he was, uh, cleaning some cabins out in a, in an area up in, in North Park. And uh, they were driving up there one night to clean out these cabins. And the, the guy that he was going up with to help clean up the cabin, he said that, yeah, a couple summers ago, they had, we had a big, big washout, a big uh, storm up here. And so I was walking along the river on the way back after the, after this big storm. And there was a tree that got washed down. There was something wiggling underneath this tree. Oh. And he, when he got close to it, this thing was a big gray Sasquatch and this tree had slid down and it was on top of him and he was pinned underneath this thing. And the guy said that he just felt that it needed help. It looked at him like it wasn't going to do anything to hurt him. So he, he went to it and helped dig it out. Wow. And he got this Sasquatch loose from underneath this down tree and the Sasquatch took off to the top of this ridge uh-huh. and turned around and kind of looked at him and then left. <laughs> and so he's telling, you know, the guy's telling this story to my friend and my friend's like, okay, yeah, sure. You know, right. You know, and, uh, they get up to these cabins and, uh, they're, uh, they got up there late. They got up there probably about 11 o'clock, almost midnight. And mm-hmm. so they have the lights on, they're kind of getting the cabin, cabin set up. So everybody can get, get in, their sleeping bags get ready for the night thing, get started cleaning the other cabins up the next morning. And, uh, the, the guy's wife and daughter were in the bathroom and they scream, uh, something walked by the window and they seen it. It was almost like looking in the window at them. They looked up and seen it and screamed. And so they ran out to the, the front of the cabin and just outside of the porch light, they could see this big white Sasquatch within the trees. And he was just standing there staring at him. And the owner, the guy that had the cabin, he says, oh, yeah, I think he comes back to say thank you every once in a while. <laughs> and my friend was freaking out. He's seeing it. He's seeing this thing right there. Wow. And it's, yeah, it's just an amazing story that, you know, that actually helped 
a Sasquatch out, and the Sasquatch kind of paid tribute to him by coming back and saying thanks. That's really it's cool. Just a- okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break, so don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in that's an amazing story uh, you know i i can't imagine the courage it would take you know even though you know, this thing was uh, apparently helpless it still would take quite a bit of courage to actually close that distance and get really close and to see if it really did want your help. Because if you're wrong about that, you're all kinds of wrong. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't think anybody's going to find you if you are that wrong. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's really powerful. Now you and you and Teresa actually caught, and this is what I was talking to you guys before the show. You guys, uh, I remember seeing this image years ago and I was absolutely stunned and floored because you guys caught this, this face peeking through uh, a great grouping of foliage and pine tree and stuff. And it was the most incredible picture I think I'd ever seen because, uh, you know, the, the characteristics of the face were just what were so profound to me. Um, having, have, you know, I don't, I don't actively research any one topic in the paranormal. I'm researching all of it, but uh, I, I definitely get across a, a huge number of Bigfoot reports. And I'm always surprised at the biodiversity that people explain. There's, you know, so much of a a spectrum of how they appear. There's the the really gorilla-looking ones with the more flattened human-like hooded nose. There's, you know, the the more chimpanzee-looking ones. There's there's such a spread. But there's also the ones uh, like Patty, which everybody's pretty familiar with thanks to the Patterson-Gimlin film. But then there's this other type that that comes up quite often and they're the ones that people said my god it looked like a man except it was covered in hair it it looked like it had very native american features the high cheekbones and you know the facial structure is very similar and i'd never seen a representation of it but once i saw your guys's picture i was like boom that's what people are talking about that's what they're seeing and and it made so much sense to me and to, to me this is one of the most profound pictures i've ever seen um could you guys walk us through that experience yeah yeah it's yeah, it's an amazing amazing time for sure and it's it's still a great area it's great area um we'd been in through this area years before and it was about four. It, we got started back in 2010, and we worked mainly Teresa's area where she had her sighting at for about five years straight until about uh, 2015. Mm-hmm. And we were getting kind of burned out. I was, you know, you, when you get going out pros, uh, prospecting, <laughs> you go out sasquatching, <laughs> you got to. You know, take your water and get all your clothes, get your food and get everything ready, uh, have batteries for the week. And so, you know, it's kind of a chore. So we just loaded up lightly. We had recorders and wood knockers, water and food for a few days. And so we just went to a new spot and up in North Park and we just tried it out. And uh, we got got up there and uh, it was... It was pretty quiet on the the day before I got the picture. We thought we heard some wood knocks and I did a wood knock, but we didn't get anything in response. And I wasn't really, you know, trying to do, do any responses. You know, we were just trying to have a camp out. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the, it was about noon and the weather started getting bad on the day I got the picture and we got to, a pea-sized hailstorm came in, and so me and the wife jumped in the truck, and I did have a an audio recorder I put on a ridge, and I just put a black trash bag over the top of it and kind of folded it around so it wouldn't get wet. Mm-hmm. And this hail came in, and I thought, oh, man, 
that could be enough if it hit the button just right it might turn off the recorder oh so i waited for the the storm to stop and it was just stopping and so i jumped out of the truck and the mushrooms were popping up everywhere so i i had my camera ready to take pictures of the mushrooms <laughs> going up this hill and uh i got up the top of the hill and the recorder i pulled the bag off the recorder checked the recorder and it was still still running okay so i read back with up and I got some deadfall and I was placing deadfall on top of the recorder in case the piece size hail came back and right. started hit to turn it off. And I just got it covered up and stood back up and I started walking to the east up the ridge. The ridge goes from east to west. Okay. And so I was, I was going up the ridge to the west. I'm sorry, going up the ridge to the west. And all of a sudden, just as soon as I started walking that way, I heard a rock clap right behind me i mean it was right behind me and i turned around i didn't see nothing but with the darkest part of the trees right where i thought i seen heard the sound i snapped it snapped a picture okay and then i did uh what we usually do when we have a rock clack we do a following rock clack kind of like a greeting so i did a mouth clack back Uh to it and didn't hear nothing and so anyway, we were so close to camp. I ran back down to camp and I says, Trees, did you just do a wood knock? No, I did not. And I says, well, I just had a rock clack right up there on the ridge. And so the next day we, we packed up camp and headed back down. And I'll tell you, I just knew, I knew something might be in that photo. Uh-huh. As soon as we got in the dang door, I grabbed up my, uh, my, uh, recorder my camera and started downloading the sounds and the pictures and i got those pictures on that ridge and i just started zooming in on every little piece of the of the trees everywhere in that picture uh-huh. until i came across a small pine in the center and i'll tell you it looks like a dang face looking behind it looking does. out behind it it's amazing and the the actual actuality of the face is it's not right behind the small pine tree. Right. It's actually the pine tree is going down a hill. Okay. And the Sasquatch is below the hill looking up through a section of branches that you can see through to see me at. Okay. When I went back to do the follow-up photos, I went down to the area where I thought the Sasquatch possibly was in the photo, lining up with the picture with the trees. Uh-huh. And there's a little tiny hole that you can see up through the trees and see right where I was. And so that's how I got his face. Wow. Is he just standing off about 30 feet behind that small tree and uh, rock clack to me. Because when it did rock clack to me on the audio, I got something dropping right after it rock clacked. And I can't tell you exactly what it was. Maybe it dropped the rocks that it clacked, but I went when we did the follow up, we were up there about two days later to do a follow up picture because we knew we had something. It sure looked like we had something. Right. And two days later, went back up there and there weren't any rocks in that area where I think the Sasquatch was standing. And definitely there wasn't no picture no sasquatch looking face looking at it when we went back to do the follow-up wow now how tall would you say that 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 creature was or that being was it it's really hard to tell because it was down a hill and the closest thing that we can can put to it is probably eight or nine foot because we were finding 17 inch tracks in the area Oh, okay. Wow. Jeez. So with the traps and the and the size, that kind of puts it at about a nine foot, maybe. Hmm. That's a big, big animal. Huh. It, and it just, it was just amazing. Just you know, they just it blended in so well with the rest of the the brush around it. You know, it's almost got like a gray to the skin. Yes. And you know, a lot of trees, dead trees. They're all gray in the forest. That's one prominent color yeah. is gray. Yeah, and they blend and in perfectly to that. We, and I sent the picture as soon as I thought I had something. I sent the picture off to Mike, and I said, Mike, I think we got a picture one. 
And he says, well, you guys get back up there and do a follow-up, and we'll be up. We'll be up as soon as we can and uh, help you follow up your investigation more. Mm-hmm. And so me and the wife went back up, and we did uh, just a little two-night investigation there. We went up and spent a day taking pictures of every different angle. And a lot of people, they, they say the picture doesn't line up with the original. Well, I might be off by a couple inches, but I'm, you know, I'm not trying to. Yeah. Trying to see what was behind the tree, I'm not trying to get a picture of a good tree. I'm trying to see what was behind the tree in the in the follow up pictures. Trying to show you that it's not there now. And uh, yeah, we uh, went back and got the follow up, and then uh, it was like two days later. Uh, uh, Mike Johnson and Scott Barta, co-founders of our group, they showed up there, mm-hmm. and uh, we started researching. And with them, and I showed them where we got the picture at, and uh, just all of a sudden things started going off, and it had been pretty quiet. Me and Teresa there, but I get Mike and Scott together, and you know the four of us. We it really seems like the action kind of ramps up. We had uh, <laughs> uh, we were sitting around the campfire about eleven at night, and we heard walking on the other side of this creek, and they'd hear the branches creaking and cracking. Okay. And breaking it, it was walking through the area. And we got to, we're all sitting there, wow, something's over there walking, but you don't know what it is. It could be an elk. Sure. Then all of a sudden we got it, uh, it grabbed a tree and it took it about eight seconds. We could hear it rocking the tree back and forth for eight seconds before it broke it. Oh, <laughs> and it broke a live tree down. And I'm like, well, we're in a forest. It's going to be kind of hard to find a a fallen tree in a forest because there's so many fallen trees anyway. But uh, the next day we went into the area where we thought it was walking and we did find an impression. I found a a track where it had actually stepped on a branch and broke a branch and I cast it. Now the broken branch in the middle of the footprint, which was kind of interesting. Uh, And we found the tree that they had pushed down with a living tree. And they had pushed it down over the road we came in on. Oh. And so we had to kind of move the tree out of the way to get out. <laughs> but they actually did that. To, you know, I, I don't know whether they're trying to show that, hey, I'm the strongest one out here. Can you do this? Right. Can you pull a tree down? <laughs> but it was just uh, an amazing. It just seemed like things started kind of ramping up. And we've been been going there now pretty much for the last five years okay. trying to get up there as much as we can. It's kind of a distance for us to drive, but it's well, just amazing well, encounters happen. We've had, uh, we were, me and the wife were, it was on that same trip. We we're getting ready to go, go and get ready for bed. And we're getting into the tent and Mike and Scott are still sitting around the campfire. And as soon as me and the wife got in the tent, they, uh, Sasquatch threw a rock and it hit our uh, metal awning outside of our tent. Big old clang. <laughs> and Mike and Scott had seen the rock coming in and and hit the awning. So they, you know, something had thrown the rock. Right. And they say, hey, they're trying to get your attention. Get back out here. Stop being lazy and going to bed. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of things in the forest that'll throw a rock. So uh, that automatically deducts quite a few quite a few uh, uh, possibilities. Yes. Yeah. It just, it really wakes you up to, you know, there is something out there. And I think every time you have a little experience, whether it's just a twig snap, you know, you want to know what's doing it. You want to see what's going on. And that just kind of fuels our ambition to get out there more and, and try to get a better view of this for people. That's basically what our sort of website is. We're an educational website trying to teach people and show them what we're finding in the woods Yeah, and try to help others out if they're, inclined to go that route now I, you'd mentioned that uh, you you know you pack pretty heavy when you're going out for a week and, uh, and it just occurred to me have you guys ever had the issue with draining batteries or or things mysteriously not functioning correctly yeah okay. yeah it's it's that that is a strange thing i got a camcorder that it seems like i had it on uh, a full setting we were in our central colorado location uh-huh. And we had a group group of us, about six of us, 
out in the outfitter stand. This before my wife joined up. And we had that morning, everybody got up that morning and uh, did their thing. You know, people go out to the woods in the morning, water the bush and then come back, you know, and we had had a girl with us in camp. And I thought I'd seen them run off into the into the weeds. And I seen something. It looked like a big something kind of moving behind these aspens. Mm-hmm. And I, well, it's an elk, you know, I didn't know. And I thought maybe that was them. So I didn't want to be, you know, staring at somebody. So I, I looked the other way <laughs> right. and then I heard them walking in the tent and they were in the outfitters tent. Okay. So I grabbed up my camcorder and I ran to that location and there's heavy, I mean, there was almost like a foot of dead leaves. So you didn't see hardly any tracks. Uh-huh. And I started walking around this little valley and all of a sudden my batteries just were totally full and then they totally died. Oh, wow. And I have no clue. It's just all of a sudden I'm filming and all of a sudden, boom. Just oh, like they ran out on me. And I've actually gotten a double set of batteries for my Canon camera now. So they don't drain as fast. Okay. I had to put bigger batteries on my equipment to, so they don't drain as fast. It is just a weird, a weird circumstance. And, and it kind of makes you wonder, I mean, it seems indicative of something to do with these beings that affects batteries, but what does that mean then? And that's where it gets kind of, kind of out there because, you know, I, I, I'm open to a lot of ideas, uh, you know, about their nature of these things. And maybe even one of them is that they, you know, they can be multidimensional. I don't know. You know, I've certainly talked to enough people that have seen things that don't line up with anything else on this, on this earth. So maybe that's possible, but you know, perhaps that, that's, there's an EM field that goes with it that might affect batteries too. I don't know. It just really boggles my mind. Yeah. There's been some, I've seen, you know, you talk a lot of people say they cloak and, and different stuff. I, I don't know if I've really seen it, but I, we did have a weird instance. Me and the wife were camped out in her location where she had her sighting at, and there's a ridge and they always seem to be clacking on this ridge in certain locations. So I walked up to the top of this ridge, just as curious to see how far away I could actually see our tent, our campsite from the top of this ridge try to see how far away a Sasquatch could be to see our, you know, see our stuff. And so I walked up there and I seen some bear berries that looked like something big had walked through them and killed the bear berries, smashed them down flat to kill on them. And it looked like a track line to these bear berries. Uh-huh. But I'm kind of sitting there and I'm looking at camp and I'm just kind of looking at the whole surrounding area. And then off to my right, I hear a rock clack. <laughs> and I look over there and there's this, uh, uh, a fog. There's a white fog moving coming through the trees. Wow. And I'm watching this fog and it's acting kind of weird. I mean, as as weird as a fog can be, it looked like the, <laughs> the fog was moving around the trees without hitting the trees, if you understand what that's what I'm saying. Okay. It was like moving in and out of the trees but not hitting them. Wow. And and okay. That's kind of strange. And then it went clear off to my left right in front of me and then I heard another rock clack. What? Is there a Sasquatch over there that's seen that fog? That's the first thing that hit my head. Right. And it's like, you know, and then then I started thinking, whoa, 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 maybe maybe that was a cloaked Sasquatch. Right. I don't know. Yeah. It was one o'clock in the afternoon. Me and my wife, we take everything with us. I'm into kite flying. So we have a a barometer, it has a wind meter on it, and it, it tells you how hot it is. And it was 72 degrees out, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Huh. There isn't no fog around. Right. I don't know where the fog would have showed up from that hot in the afternoon. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. That's very no. strange. Wow. You know, you have encounters like that, and then you got to go back through and break everything down and kind of dissect it. Yeah. You know, what actually happened? You know, you got to follow it through steps. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, I guess that's, that's the part of the, the investigating maybe that takes, I don't know if it's, if I'm not saying that people would necessarily shy away from it, but you got to be willing to entertain all possibilities. I think at that point, when you're seeing something that just defies all the odds. You got to be open to everything. And that's, I still find that kind of hard. You know, you got a lot of people drawing circles on pictures and 
Yes. Look, there's one there, there, there. And it's like, <laughs> I don't see it, but maybe there is. You know, right. you, you do got to be open. I, it's just kind of hard. <laughs> it is. And, and and I don't claim to have any answers. And, and I'm sure nobody else is willing to go out there and, and do that either. But, um, you know, it's just part of, part of the deal. But I, I always find that, you know, that's very similar to ghost hunting in, you know, that, the batteries will drain. And I've heard that from so many researchers, like trail cam batteries just being dead, you know, when they were brand new, when it was put out and there's no way it should have drained that completely and camcorders and other equipment. And it's like, wow, what is going on? So it's really, there's so many questions that are, you know, obviously unanswered and maybe unanswerable, but I don't think anybody can ignore the fact that people are experiencing these things either, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so that's the strange yeah. part. And, and, you know, I'm not trying to pin you down on anything like that. I, I, I understand. And, and it's, and it's very nebulous territory to even try to discuss, but, uh, it's just that I, I, and I've heard these claims and I wanted to talk to you guys being researchers and see what you, you know, if you've experienced some of the same stuff and I'm, I'm, you know, thank you for that honesty and for sharing that because, you know, it certainly answers some questions for me. Yeah. It does make you kind of like look like a kook yeah i'm seeing this weird fog going through the forest but <laughs> yeah but you know i, I can't how many how many researchers have you heard of out there that are doing their research and they see the orbs the orbs of light and i've heard dozens yeah. of reports from sasquatch researchers that you know they're seeing things out there too so it's not just you that's for sure yeah that the orbs are another amazing thing i'll tell you that's have you seen those yeah yes it's uh Probably the most amazing time is we have a location in central Colorado uh-huh. that Mike Johnson has us go to. And me and Mike, his son and his two daughters, uh, went up to a uh, you know, central Colorado location. And there's a little area where they, uh, we gift them stuff and we sit there at night and, and watch them as they, they walk up to the feeding pit and you see their eyes shine. As they go up to where we put the food and the gifting plate out, and uh-huh. they, you can see the lights of their eyes, wow. you know, yeah. just showing up around the food plate. And we're watching this, and there's a couple lights popping on and off, and it wasn't really too busy. And we got back on the road, and we're hiking back. You know, it's at night, and we, we totally hike at night in the dark, and it was light enough with a little bit of the uh, the moonlight that we could see the road good enough and we got to one area and it was dark underneath these trees and all of a sudden this this light shines and it was a red light oh and it was red eye shine shining and mike's son trenton he he just goes up and so nonchalantly it's like your your eyes are so beautiful they're so pretty (laughs) and all of a sudden it it turned from red to a bright white flash at us. Wow. I mean, like a headlight, just boom. And then it was off. Oof. And it's, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like, it was understanding. Yeah. You know, it was listening to us. You That's could tell it was, you know, it was, it was responding. I don't know if you call it communication, but it was listening. That's incredible. And we, we got back into the, to our camp. And Mike's daughters went into the camp and they, they, uh, got into the tent and they got set up for bed. And us guys were being the gentlemen waiting outside and they got all ready and then their sleeping bags and us guys went into the tent and we got into our cots. And as soon as we sat on our cots, we had two rocks, <laughs> two small uh, granite rocks on the back of Mike's truck as rock clackers. And one walked up behind Mike's truck, grabbed up both rocks, clack, clack. <laughs> Put them down and ran off. Jeez, oh, yeah, they're toying I mean, with you. Amazing. That's amazing. You can't make the stuff up. It's just amazing. It yeah. is. It's it's incredible, and and obviously we could talk a lot longer, but uh, we are about out of time. But I just want to give you guys a couple of minutes, please. Let people know how they can follow up with what you're doing, how they can stay in touch, and if they got any questions, where to go. All right. Well, uh, me and my wife. And our CERT group is on uh, Facebook, and we have a little Twitter feed, and I do a, a Northern Colorado uh, Sasquatch research 
page on Facebook too, where I just talk about what me and the wife are finding up here in our area of Colorado. But most of our research can be found at uh, sasquatchinvestigations.org. And it's out of uh, Parker, Colorado. And we have some a good group of people on there. And a lot of them can, can help you out if you have questions. We have a uh, Harriet McDeely out of Nebraska that has a has a pretty good museum out there. She lines up people and kind of helps point them in the right direction for answers. And our website, we try to break it down with uh, all of our different finds, our tree structures, our our plant collecting evidence we've found, our uh, our uh, possible kills that we've found due to Sasquatch. And it's all pretty much on on our sasquatchinvestigations.org okay and so we that you can make it over there and take a look and everything on there is from us we don't have anybody else's evidence on there okay we just have the third group's evidence we all, found it all ourselves yeah. we didn't get it from anyone else okay that's fantastic and and please uh thank you both for being here uh, i hope i hope you guys will come back again and we can continue this discussion yeah, it's, we're just getting fired up here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you both. Thank you so much for taking the time, and uh, I really appreciate it. It's been a marvelous discussion. Well, thank you so much for having us on. Sorry it took a while to get on here, but thank you for having us on. Oh, absolutely. You both have a wonderful day, and thanks a bunch. You do the same. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Paranormal Portal Radio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at Paranormal Portal, P-O-R-T-L, and uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. we got hundreds of shows in our, uh, our, our vault of <laughs> journeys into the Paranormal Portal. So I hope you'll check it, check it out, guys. We're over there at youtube.com slash Paranormal Portal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So uh, stay tuned. But we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody. <laughs>